MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. Of course, we're brought to you by Ben MGM. Happy to be with you. Next to last Monday of February, I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. And kind enough to stick around for one more segment. It's our guy, Kai McKeon of Three Man Weave. Uh, we'll get to Kai's picks today in a little bit. And we have uh, just full disclosure here. Kai McKeon on a total of possibly the worst game of the day. Possibly. <laughs> so we'll, 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 we'll tease it out there and give, give it to you a little bit later in the segment. Uh, Kai, I just want to ask you a, a, a few more questions before we get into those picks. Kentucky. No Wheeler, no Washington, down 16 in the first half to Alabama, no problem. No problem. They come back, they win the cover all numbers, 90 to 81. Look, I, I, it's been apparent for a while now that Kentucky is, to, at worst, maybe the, the fourth best team in the country. If they're winning games against real teams without their two guards, that is scary for what that team can be with the right draw come the tournament. And if it's the draw they got according to the committee on Saturday, they should probably be the favorite to come out of that region if that's actually the region. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Uh, Kentucky's awesome. Um, impressive, also kind of an indictment on Alabama not being able to yeah. finish that game and kind of a must win for them. Uh, but yeah, Sheboy, of course, probably the front runner for player of the year, though that's debatable. Uh, and, and their guards, when Wheeler and Washington are in, those guys are so solid. Washington doesn't really play like a freshman anymore. And Wheeler is one of the fastest guards I've seen uh, on the floor. Uh, he's just awesome, makes plays. So I would not want Kentucky in my bracket, uh, in my region. If I'm a one seed, maybe they end up playing into that anyways, but still that, that's, that's a dangerous team. No, they, to, to me, it's Gonzaga's at the top of my list. And then it's mm -hmm. Kentucky, Auburn, Arizona are all in that mix for that second right. team going into yep. the tournament. Uh, the uh, big, big result in the big 12 on Saturday, Kai, Texas tech walks into the Irwin center and they do it again. They sweep their former coach. They beat Texas 61 55. Uh, look, Texas tech has the makings of a team that can make a run in March. Uh, just the way that they play and going from unranked to let's face it, Texas tech's probably going to end up with a two seed if this, if this trend yeah. continues over the last few weeks of the regular season. They're, they're awesome. And what a story for them to sweep Chris beard <laughs> after he left 
And there's a whole story about how Texas tech fans are buying Texas season tickets season yep. to get into the game. I loved it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they've beaten everybody in the, in the big 12 uh, swept Baylor too. No one sweeps Baylor. It's incredible. And they're missing Kevin McCuller against Texas, one of their best players. So it seems like whoever you put on the floor for them, they can still win games because their defense is so good and they still have talent on the other end, but their defense is just awesome. Mark Adams clearly has proven he's one of the best coaches uh, around. Is he your front runner for coach of the year now? That's a good question. I, I, he's up there for sure. Uh, I think you still have to look at, you know, I would look at Tommy Lloyd for, for Arizona. I would still look at Bruce Pearl as well. It, it, it's just a matter of who do you give? Do you give it to the guy who vastly exceeded expectations or do you give it to a guy who's around the top 10 mildly exceeding expectations? It's always kind of a toss up there. Cause shock smart. You could say is right up there too, for Marquette, you know, and uh, Otzelberger for Iowa state as well. You also could throw Ed Cooley in there for winning all Ed those Cooley. Close games. Why not? Well. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I, I I would I think I'm I think Lloyd would be my favorite right now. Yeah. Just because of what what he inherited and now right away, bang, they're gonna they're in the mix mm-hmm. for a one seed. But uh Adams has as good of an argument as anyone. Uh unranked. Definitely. The the, yeah. the expectations were down, even though that roster still was pretty darn good that he had. But mm-hmm. uh the, he's definitely in the running as well. Kai, I, I wanna look down the board here. Of course, the top 16 was revealed uh, on on Saturday by the committee. That will change after Texas has lost. Someone else would likely slide into that 16th overall seed. But for the teams that weren't in that reveal, give me one team that that's in the Power 5 plus Big East that you think is most capable of a run. And then on the flip side, give me a non-Power 5 Big East team that you like that could make a run like a Loyola a few years ago or even last year to a Sweet 16. Yeah, it's a good question. Well, so the obvious one's Houston, uh, right. you know, not being included in, the, in that top let's 16. Let's throw Houston. Let's throw Houston out yeah. of there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not sure they have the capability of making a run, you know, honestly. Uh, I love their team and coach, but without Sasser, without the, the scoring, I'm not sure it's going to happen. You know, teams looking outside, I, I, and I – said this last week, Memphis, <laughs> their value mm. uh, in the futures market was crazy uh, last week. Now they just lost to SMU and now their bid is in question. So not sure it's a great bet anymore, but they are something like number two overall on Bart Torvik the last couple weeks or so. Uh, but going outside of that, you know, I, I still kind of look at um, a Connecticut team I might look at to make a bit of a run. Uh, I don't really trust Hurley, but if you're looking outside those top 16, it's not a terrible choice. Uh, you, you and I agree on UConn. Uh, the, the one issue with them, I, you know, I like I like Hurley. I think he's a good coach, but that team does so many stupid things in game. Really stupid that, things. That, that, and, and they're, <laughs> and they're one of, to me, like, if you look at the big East, just talent on each team, they're the most talented team in the big East. It's mm-hmm. really not for debate, but they just, I like I've said over the weekend, they, they have the idiot factor about them, unfortunately. They and, uh, again, they're a team that on a six line that I could see with the right draw getting to an elite eight, maybe even a final four. Or I could mm-hmm. see them drawing Murray State as an 11 seed and losing to Murray State in the first game. Right. Yeah, high variance. And high variance teams, I think, are the ones you tend to back in the tournament because right. anything can happen. And it's, you know, it's a, such a small sample size that it's kind of a toss up. Absolutely. Kai, let's get into your picks today. We'll save the, uh, the ugly game for last, but we'll, we'll start, uh, we'll start in the big 10, uh, here and we'll, we'll start 
with the earliest game on the board. Penn State travels to College Park. Maryland is a three-point consensus favorite right now with a total of 128 and a half. Yeah, and I'm going Maryland minus three, and I don't feel great about it, but you look at this spread and you're saying, okay, Penn State, Maryland, about even, I guess, on a neutral, which could be the case, but the tipping scale for me is Penn State on the road. They've been terrible this year. They have one outright win in the Big Ten on the road. They're three and five against the spread uh, versus at home where they're, where they're very, very good. And they've been playing excellent this season. Shrewsbury should be up there for coach of the year in the Big Ten. But Maryland being a high variance team, we just saw them dismantle Nebraska. They nearly beat Purdue at Mackey. They have the talent to win this game by more than three points. They have the two best scorers on the floor, Russell and Ayala, and they have an answer for John Harar inside. So I like Maryland here at, at minus three. Terps, the play for Kai. That's play number one. Play number two, we stay in the Big Ten. Indiana on the road. Seems that the Hoosiers are taking a little money this morning now. Mm. Open six and a half down to six consensus now on IU. There was even a seven overnight now down to six on the Hoosiers at Ohio State, who is coming off a loss at home to Iowa. Yeah, I grabbed some seven this morning, and uh, and that's really what I want. I'm not super confident below seven here, but you look at the first game closed minus three and a half Indiana at IU. So implies probably a three, four point spread for Ohio state at home. So I think this is a little bit high. Now, Rob Finnessy is not in the lineup. Maybe that factors in and clearly Indiana hasn't been playing as well, but I think there's still value there for Indiana. They did win game one, maybe a revenge factor, but they're off four straight losses. They need this win. My only concern here is, is there chemistry issues on this team after the night out in Chicago? We heard there's kind of some rumblings and tattletailing between the, the players on here, uh, unconfirmed rumors, but that's my only worry going into this game in a, in a tough environment at Ohio state. The Buckeyes are one of those teams, Kai, where to just look at the flip side here real quick, mm-hmm. they are so talented, but there yes. just is one. There's a factor. I can't fully place that is missing where we have seen multiple games this year. And the Iowa game was the perfect example. Seemed like I, Iowa was down. They just lost to Michigan. Ohio State really outplayed them in the first half and was only up, uh, I think, one at halftime. And then they get smoked at home in the second mm-hmm. half. There's just something missing with that Ohio State team for me uh, this year. But now we got to get, though, we got to get to the game of the day. The game of the day, <laughs> which is a total bet for you here. We are going to the OVC and we're going to the bottom of the barrel in the OVC (laughs) Eastern Illinois at SIU Edwardsville tonight. Mm -hmm. Can't forget the E part of that guy. Uh, Total is one total is one twenty six on this one. Is it down to one twenty six? Oh man. (laughs) So it came down (laughs) a little bit. Uh, Yeah. So the handicap here, uh, SIUE's best player, best scorer. Uh, he's missed seven games in a row now. I, I can't find information on this guy, so I hope he's still out. But they're six and one to the under when he's out. They play slower. They don't score nearly as much. I think that continues tonight. And there's no reason it can't with EIU, one of the worst offenses in the country. So the efficiency here is going to be super low. The pace should be lower than normal for an Edwardsville game. Hence the the bet on the under here and, and, and arguably the ugliest game of the day. This is Ken Palm 295 hosting Ken Palm 356 Perfect. Uh, tonight with uh, with Eastern Illinois. Uh, for Eastern Illinois, there are only two teams worse than them in college basketball, according to Ken Palm. That's Delaware State and that's IUPUI. So a dandy there in Edwardsville, Illinois tonight. That Kai McKeon likes the under in for that one. Uh, Kai McKeon, everyone, of course, you can find his great work 
at three man weave him matt and jim just do an amazing job every single day with their content go check it out today and you get kai on the tweets at kai underscore three mw kai double duty thank you so much man uh for joining us this morning yeah thanks jeff happy to be here yeah absolutely always great to catch up with kai mckee and uh all the three again go check out the three man weave content all three of them incredible uh college basketball handicappers always love talking to them any of them and especially kai on the program uh, with us here today. We'll have Jay Gasman in 20 minutes from now talking NFL and college hoops, or excuse me, NBA, I should say, with Jay Gasman. But coming up next, we still have more college hoops to get to. We have some more of those futures odds for conference tournaments that I want to look at because there are some where you can at least extract a little value because of the way these brackets are setting up. We'll discuss it next on a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. has a great offer for you that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April the 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit VEASAN.com slash madness to sign up today. I think we had our first ever college basketball plays that want to make you vomit. Like Dan Bespris' NBA plays that want to make you vomit. I think Kai McKean's under an SIUE in Eastern Illinois is perfectly in that camp. 
watched that horrible basketball game uh, in uh, in Edwardsville, Illinois tonight. Uh, by the way, the the picks, if you uh, just missed it, I'll, I'll refresh it right here. Maryland laying three. Indiana taking the points. Kai still said, okay, it's six. Liked it a little bit more at six and a half for seven. Eastern Illinois, SIU under. Those were Kai McKean's picks. I actually, in in what might be a shocking turn of events to some, I think I'm only going to have one that we'll be looking at later in the show. This is not a good card today. It really is nothing. Just a tough card all the way around. Uh, yeah, it uh, looks like I'm only going to have one based off the current numbers that are out there. So we'll discuss that a little later on. I want to get back in, though, to the uh, college basketball conference odds. And I want to start in the Big Ten. Because Purdue yesterday handled their business. They beat Rutgers. They don't cover. Nice gritty cover by the Scarlet Knights yesterday. Uh, Down 18 with three and a half minutes to go and managed to cover all numbers except for a Closing 12 that was out there. I believe that was behind us here at the South Point. But you look at the Big Ten. Purdue looks like they're going to win the regular season title. Or at least they share and get the one seed based off the tiebreakers. At plus 170. Illinois at plus 340. Wisconsin at 7-1. Is Ohio State supposed to be 850 or that 650 right? I'm going to guess that Ohio State's supposed to be uh, 850, uh, along along with Iowa, Michigan State at 8-1, to one. Michigan and Rutgers down the board. Don't bet Michigan. I think Michigan implodes after what happened yesterday. But in this conference, in this conference, Illinois, who, again, I don't think the, the fight in the line I are anywhere near as good as they were a year ago. Because Desumu was so good, even though he got injured at the end of the year, and that definitely played a role, even though Cokeburn did not have a good game in that tournament game against Loyola last year, now lost in around a 32. Illinois, when Cokeburn plays teams that don't have a big guy that can match the physicality of him, and there are very few teams in the country that can match Cokeburn's physicality, which Texas Tech would just be the absolute worst possible matchup for Illinois. If Illinois ends up in the right bracket, Illinois is capable of making a run in the big dance. In this Big Ten tournament, the problem Illinois has, where I think I would just look to bet Illinois through the tournament and forget about betting them in in this conference just to win it, is that they match up poorly with Purdue. They lost the game at Purdue in a game where, uh, remember, that was the first game back for Curbelo. Or, excuse me, Curbelo didn't play in that game. Curbelo's first game back. Yeah, Curbelo came back. Curbelo played off the bench, played well in that game. And Cokeburn had sat, had all sorts of foul trouble in that first game. And in the second game, Illinois led at halftime, and then Purdue just ran him out of the building in the second half at Mackey. But Illinois matches up pretty well with everyone else in the conference. Illinois' other conference losses are at the rack, where Rutgers is just special at home, and then at Maryland, which was just a, <laughs> a bizarre result against the Terps earlier in the year. 
Illinois' other losses, uh, the Marquette loss doesn't look as bad. Arizona, tight loss, not terrible. Illinois is really good. But I don't know if I like them in the Big Ten tournament because of the way they match up with Purdue. The only thing is, if someone takes out Purdue before the final, Illinois is going to have a very good crack to win the Big Ten tournament for the second consecutive year. Wisconsin, I don't like. I think they match up horribly with Illinois. Michigan State, Michigan State isn't that good. I will say this about Michigan State. We have loved Tom Izzo for good reason for a long time. It kind of feels like Tom Izzo doesn't do much coaching anymore. Because that team is a lot of talent. And they're underachieving. They're probably looking at a six in the NCAA tournament. I think that team's much more talented than what that record shows on Michigan State. There are your odds right now at Circa, Ohio State, plus 850 along with Iowa. I don't like anyone down the board. Illinois would be the only one I look at in the Big Ten. Big East, this is this is a very easy one here, actually. You're probably looking at, again, see how it is before the tournament, see what the breakdown is, see if you can do better rolling over. Connecticut is the bet here at plus 450. UConn is the most talented team in this conference. The problem with, the problem with them has been just stupidity more than anything. They are very talented. They are a very talented team. The one issue that they might have that you have to look at here and be careful with, and why Creighton also may not be a terrible play here, this, the way the standings break down, Villanova, despite being a half game behind Providence, if Villanova beats Providence in their second meeting at the fin- Finner and Pavilion in Villanova, uh, I-, I-, I believe that is next week. Just have to double-check that. Yeah, that is on the 1st, so that is next Tuesday. Then Connecticut could easily end up on the same side as Villanova, and that would be a problem because of the coaching mismatch with Wright against Hurley and also the fact that Villanova just a, a basketball team that even though I don't think they're more talented, I trust them more than UConn. But if they end up on the bottom half of the bracket with Providence, who's been very lucky, or, heck, if they end up on the same side with Creighton, if Creighton somehow ends up down there as well, be very fortunate for Connecticut. Connecticut's a very talented team. That would be the one I'd look at. Providence, again, here's the thing. Providence is so undervalued still in general that you probably would get better money line price. Not probably. You would get better just rolling the money line over with Providence in the Big East tournament because they'll be, they're a four and a half point underdog at home to Villanova. You put them on a neutral, it'll be seven, seven and a half at MSG. They'll be a dog at MSG to UConn. Heck, they might even be a dog against Xavier if they played at MSG. You'll be getting them at really, really lenient prices in MSG and just rolling it over would definitely be better than taking that seemingly juicy number at plus 525, but it'd be better on that one. Let's look at, we got time for two more. The Big 12 here. Kansas, you're betting favorite right now to win the conference tournament. My only here's what I'll say with this conference: Baylor's at plus two hundred five, Texas Tech at plus three and a quarter, Texas at five to one. Everyone lower than Texas, uh, I wouldn't bother with. I would look to play Texas Tech. That would be the only thing that I would do here. But uh, again, you have to see how these brackets play out. Uh, and right now, Texas Tech currently the two seed in uh, the Big 12. Also, I think we may uh, 
may have accidentally made uh, some folks in Austin a little upset, or maybe some folks in College Station upset uh, there with our graphic there. Uh, Texas at five to one. I want nothing to do with the Longhorns. I have no, I, I have no idea what to make of the Longhorns. I have no idea what to make of them because I think they have talent. I think they're good defensively, but their offense is totally illogical. No clue with the Longhorns. Texas Tech is really good, though, for looking at that conference. Let's see what the draw is first. And, again, that might be one of those where Texas Tech gets the three in that conference. You get, an, get them as a dog against Baylor and get them as a dog again against Kansas in a conference final. Probably the better way to play that. It's probably the way to look at that more than anything. One more Power Five we'll throw in quickly here. The SEC – all depends on the draw again, but I would be looking at the Hogs right now who match up pretty well with both Kentucky and Auburn. Plus 860 is a huge number on Arkansas. Big one. The only thing that I will say, though, they were, they were, they were a point-and-a-half underdog against Auburn, even though that was a pretty significant fade Auburn spot from some sharper betters. Auburn probably be th three, three and a half in a game in Tampa. Kentucky probably four against Arkansas. But plus 860 is a big number for the Hogs. And they're looking at a double bye. Remember, the top four in the SEC get a double bye to the quarters. Auburn, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Tennessee, assuming none of those teams just totally collapse in their final four conference games, they're all getting buys to the quarterfinal in the SEC tournament. And there is not a lot of strength once you get beyond Alabama as the five seed in the SEC. Jake Asman, he hosts the Wheelhouse on ESPN Houston. We'll get some college basketball thoughts and NFL offseason thoughts with Jake Asman next. Need more college basketball insight? Check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. With Greg Hoops Peterson, we'll look at every single game on the schedule. Not just major, it's the minor conferences too. Every game on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season. And on this podcast, he provides his unique insights and looks for those games with the solid betting opportunities. Or as Greg Peterson has said himself, every game has a betting opportunity. Download Coast to Coast Hoops today. Now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, you can catch up on every single vcin show and our other great podcasts as well. It is a numbers game here on vcin. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. And now with us, Jake Asman. He hosts The Wheelhouse on ESPN 97.5 in Houston. Jake, a uh, pleasure as always. Uh, thanks for being with us this morning. Jeff, thanks for having me, my friend. I appreciate you having me on the show. Of course, and he's got the great background as well, promoting, fully promoting himself, never missing an opportunity <laughs> to promote uh, promote uh, his other show as well on Sports Map Radio, uh, DJ Gasman Show. Uh, Jake, uh, you're of course in Houston. Uh, we've been talking a lot of college hoops today. Uh, the Cougars yesterday played a wild double overtime game where they escaped Wichita with a two point win and a non cover. Of course, last year they were in the Final Four. This team seems to be a little bit weaker, but still very good. What do you think the ceiling for Kelvin Sampson's squad is this year? 
It's a great question, Jeff, just because I think if they didn't have some of the injuries they suffered, you'd be thinking, all right, well, the expectation is to get right back to the final four, but the Marcus Sasser injury that's going to keep them out for the rest of the year really hurt this team. They still have so much depth and they're still so talented and well coached, but it just kind of, you know, takes the expectation level down a notch because you're missing, you know, your most important player, your best player, but this team plays hard game in game out, you know, come tournament time, they're going to be well-prepared. They're great defensively. They can hit the three ball. They're kind of scrappy. Like you go back to that last possession against Wichita where they scored five seconds left in double overtime. That game felt destined to go to triple OT. Instead, mm-hmm. they got an offensive rebound. They scrap, get a couple extra possessions. And then down the stretch, they find a way to score with under five seconds to go. So, you know, this is a team that is, uh, you know, been, been battle tested over the last couple of years. So I don't count them out, but I don't think they are a final four team this year, but I still think they're going to be a dangerous team come tournament time. Jake, let's let's shift over to the NFL here. We haven't talked much NFL today, but you're you're in Houston. It sure looked like Josh McCown was going to get that job there for the Texans. Instead, it ends up going to Lovey Smith. Uh, look, we, we have seen back-to-back off seasons of very messy hirings for the Houston Texans. And when you see other teams in the league, really, other than Jacksonville, even though I think they ended up doing pretty well with Doug Peterson. Just it kind of shows how far off Houston is where, Jake, we're probably looking at the Texans for the second consecutive year having, if not the lowest win total when those win totals pop, having one of the two or three lowest in the league again. It certainly feels that way. You know, it's funny. The reaction down here to Lovey Smith was a lot more positive than it would have been. Hmm. It would have been under any other circumstance. And that's only because this fan base was led to believe Josh McCown with zero coaching experience at the NFL or collegiate level was actually going to get this job, Jeff. So when it wasn't Josh McCown, there was actually someone that people have heard of unlike David Cully, who nobody knew who the heck that guy was a year ago when they right. hired him. <laughs> you know, the fact, the fact that Lovey Smith at least has taken to team to a super bowl. He's been a head coach before with two different teams. There were at least some Texans fans that were trying to be optimistic, but then I try to remind those fans, Hey, look, look, I'm glad lovey is here and it's not McCown, but if any other NFL franchise hired lovey Smith as their head coach, they'd be getting lambasted for it. But the Texans did it basically because they feared the backlash they were going to get following the Flores lawsuit of then hiring the quote unquote white guy with zero coaching experience. So could it work? Maybe I think the Texans future, as far as how many games they win next year, will come down to what they do in the draft. And then obviously just how good is Davis Mills? He played well down the stretch, but is anyone thinking Davis Mills is a true franchise quarterback? We're unsure about that. So it comes down to him. If he takes a big step, maybe they go over their win total. Jake, what, what, what do you think ends up happening with Deshaun Watson? I do think he gets traded before the NFL draft, Jeff. I just don't know the timeline as far as is it before the new league year on March 16th? Is it right around the time of the draft? A key date in all this will be Wednesday of this upcoming week. Deshaun's legal team is trying to get his deposition pushed back. So if that happens, all bets are off on exactly when uh, a timetable would be for a trade. We were under the impression that Deshaun would settle most of these lawsuits by, you know, around March 16th when the new league year would start. That does not appear to be the case as of now. So, you know, there's gotta be, a, I'm sure a couple teams that'd be willing to trade for a guy with these lawsuits unsettled, but I think the market would open up, you know, in a major way, if he were to settle the majority of these 22 civil lawsuits. So I do think he gets traded. I just don't know if it's 
between now and March or if it's closer to the NFL draft. But I'd be shocked if he's on the Texans after the draft this year like he was this past year. Where do you think the destination that would make the most sense would be for Watson then, Jake? So teams that obviously need a quarterback, but could still offer the Texans a package that would net them a pick in, you know, the top 15 range. Like, you know, there's a lot of rumblings about Tampa Bay, maybe being interested in Deshaun Watson. Well, if I'm Nick Casario, the Texans GM, I don't want to trade him to Tampa Bay for what the, the 27th overall pick. And this year's draft is the, the top pick you're going to be getting this year. Or, you know, you heard the Miami dolphins interested in Deshaun. Well, they own the Niners pick this year. That's the 29th overall pick in the first round. So I, I think the Texans ideally would like to get multiple first round picks for the guy, which they should be able to do, but you're looking at teams that have top 10 picks. So you start with Carolina at number six, you look at Denver with the number nine pick, uh, you know, Washington with the 11th pick Minnesota's a rumor to be a team Deshaun's interested in. I don't know if the Vikings are interested in him, but they have the 12th overall pick. So you got to start in that range. And then the big thing with Deshaun Watson, Jeff, he's got a no trade clause. So right. not only do you have to find a team that will give you a decent compensation, all things considered, because you're trading away a 26 year old franchise quarterback who signed for the next couple of years, but then he's got a no trade and he could shoot down teams. Like he shot down Carolina reportedly at the deadline. He shot down Philadelphia reportedly at the deadline. So do these teams now get back on his radar? If the dolphins are out of the mix, you know, does Jalen hurts taking an Eagles team to the playoffs, maybe alter his perception of the Eagles being a destination. So there's just so many unanswered questions with Deshaun. It's tough to really gauge where, where he's going to end up. Jake Asman with us right now, of course, uh, hosts the wheelhouse on 97, five ESPN radio in Houston and the Jake Asman show on sports map radio as well. Uh, Jake, uh, just looking at this NFL off season, uh, of course we have questions of where Aaron Rodgers is going to play. If he plays at all, will Russell Wilson be back in Seattle? What is an under the radar storyline that you're looking at and saying, Hmm, this could really make a big, really change the way I'm handicapping the league or a certain team in the 2022 season. You know, I really think you stick with the theme of quarterbacks here. Are any of these quarterbacks in the draft class going to impress at the combine or an individual workouts? Like, are we really going to see the first draft since like the EJ Manuel draft where we don't get a quarterback <laughs> that gets taken in the top 10, right? I mean, I still think one of these guys maybe gets drafted in that five to 10 range, but I mean, when was the last time we haven't had a quarterback even go in the top five? So I'm kind of looking at the combine and who knows what's going on with that, with the, the, you right. know, the potential boycott and everything, but Assuming we have a NFL scouting combine, will any of these quarterbacks, like a Kenny Pickett or you know Malik Willis or I don't know uh, you know Sam Howell or Matt Corral or any of these guys going to make a team fall in love with them, so to speak? And the veteran quarterback market certainly impacts the desperation of these teams come draft time. But I'm just curious if anyone is going to make a play for one of these quarterbacks after we had five guys go in the first 15 picks in last year's first round. Jake, is there a team that was bad in 2021 that you think is set up to to improve and be at least in the playoff mix for this upcoming season? Jeff, you might kill me, but can I say our Jets? I knew I, mean, I knew it was coming. That's why I set you up there, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if not now, then when for the Jets, right? I know everyone wants to use the Cincinnati Bengals example. Oh, they won two games and four games, and they went to the Super Bowl. The Jets are the same team. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, but can they double their win total with two picks in the top ten, uh, a coaching staff all coming back, so there's continuity there. Zach Wilson in year two playing very well with limited weapons around him down the stretch. Mackay Becton and Carl Lawson coming back. 
the Jets have the third most cap space in the league. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to be a playoff team, Jeff, but can they be in the hunt? Can they get their names in the graphic in the month of December that says in the hunt? I don't think it's crazy that the Jets finally could be a team that's not eliminated by Columbus Day for like the fifth year in a row. I'll give you Columbus Day. I'll give you Columbus <laughs> Day. I, I look, seven wins, not impossible. I don't think they're right. they're, they're close just because of the way that uh Again, the problem is, and we, we, Jake, we've talked about it on this show, and I'm sure you've talked about it as well, be doing radio in Houston. It is just so hard to crash the party now in the AFC because of the way that the, the, the core five is set up. Oh, and by the way, Pittsburgh just made the playoffs with no quarterback. What happens if they right. get a quarterback? So it's just going to be really hard for really anyone who's down the board. Jet, the Jets, the Texans, the Jaguars. Uh, I guess you can throw a – even Miami in there, just going to be hard for a lot of these teams to take a leap forward. So we'll see. I hope you're right. I hope you're right, Jake. Uh, I, we'll, we'll see how we'll revisit this in six months. We'll see how you feel in, in August. <laughs> He's Jake Asman. You get him on the tweets at his name, at Jake Asman. Of course, a uh, host of The Wheelhouse, one of the three hosts of that show on ESPN Radio in Houston. Jake, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today. Jeff, thanks for having me, man. Continued success. Thank you, buddy. Continued success to you as well. Coming up next, uh, I have one play in college basketball. See how it goes next on a numbers game. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More than just the final score with one game parlay at BetMGM. One game parlay is designed to make you make you select within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log into your BetMGM account today and create your best one game parlay before the game starts. 
You're, if you're new to BetMGM, sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with the bonus code VSIN1000. That's V-S-I-N-1-0-0-0. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards, points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. Try one game parlay today. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older to place a wager. New customer offer only. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call when it under gambler. This offer is not available. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada or Mississippi. And one game parlay not available in Washington, D.C. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. Big thanks to Jake Asman, Kai McKeon, and JVT for joining us today. Big thanks to you out there for listening. As always, the Lombardi line's coming your way after we're done. Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher, have you covered for that. I have one more conference I want to go through in these conference tournament odds. And then I have one play today that it seems that the line is on the move on. So we probably have to hop in sooner rather than later on this. Let's go to the Mountain West. Now, my producer today, Matt Neverd, Calls select UNLV games. Matt, just give me give me a thumbs up here, and I'll, I'll relay it to the crowd, or our listeners, I should say. The wrong team is favored here, correct? Yeah, okay. He's Matt never now not any long. The wrong team is favored to win the conference here. San Diego State probably they should be they should be third or fourth to win the conference. I would say Boise State should probably be the favorite, even though I, I look, I've watched a few Boise State games this year. I think they're good. They're unwatchable, though. They're totally unwatchable. But watchability doesn't matter when we're talking about betting, as we know. But San Diego State being the betting favorite to win the Mountain West is kind of crazy to me. They're, they're the third or fourth best team in this conference. Boys, uh, San Diego State, by the way, for our audio listeners, plus 295 at Circa to win the Mountain West Tournament. Boise State and Colorado State both at plus 335. Wyoming at plus 405. Utah State at 6-1. to one. Fresno State being double the price of Utah State, surprising also. 12-1. to one. Fresno State gets their best player back. And Robinson, you're probably looking at a, probably looking at a much uh, better opportunity for them. By the way, why why can't Colorado State play UNLV at all? UNLV destroyed them both times this year. Very bizarre in the Mountain West. The bet here would be Boise if I'm making a bet here, even though I will say for NCAA tournament betting purposes, the Wyoming Cowboys are the team that I like the most because Maldonado, their guard, their best player, Hunter Maldonado, is the type of player you can steal a game or two in the tournament with because of the way he plays. When you have an elite guard that can score like Hunter Maldonado, you're probably looking at a scenario where you could see Wyoming stealing a game or two in the NCAA tournament. Unlikely, yes, but 
that's the team I like NCAA tournament wise. I don't like them to run through teams they've already seen a few times though in in Vegas. I mean, what will be a pretty fun week, all things considered, conference tournament wise here because the WCC is the best it's been in a long time. The Pac-12 has two elite teams, and the Mountain West. If things go right for the Mountain West, the Mountain West could end up with five bids here. I would bet Boise State at these numbers at plus 335. Fresno State, if you're really on a long shot, maybe a little tiny sprinkle. Tiny, tiny sprinkle. You can look at that. By the way, the odds that I will say, and we will have these tomorrow, the Atlantic 10 is probably the most intriguing non-power conference that I'm looking at. The A-10 is good. Good conference this year. VCU, Davidson, both really good teams. VCU totally undervalued, by the way. Pounded the uh, the Richmond Spiders on uh, on Friday night, who are, by the way, overrated, the Richmond Spiders, if you're looking at betting angles moving forward. All right, I only have one play tonight. Only have one tonight. Uh, we're going to go to the Big 12. West Virginia stinks. They aren't good. And they go on the road to Fort Worth tonight to take on a Horn Frog team who is coming off really just a, a bad stretch. Ever since they beat Oklahoma and Norman, they uh, defeated were defeated by K-State at home. Bad loss. They lost at home to Iowa State. Not a terrible loss. Iowa State's a tournament team. And they lost over the weekend to Baylor. No shame in that. An amazing backdoor cover by TCU on Saturday if you had them. Amazing backdoor cover. They also mixed in there a four-point win against Oklahoma State and a win against Texas Tech. I like bounce back here for the Horned Frogs. I like the Horned Frogs. I'm going to lay the four with TCU here to get back to winning ways. They're, if they keep losing, they'd be playing themselves closer to the bubble. They're still safely in the non-Dayton portion of the NCAA tournament. And they have a big, this is a big week for them because they play a lot of games this week. They have an extra game. They have a rescheduled game against Texas on Wednesday. So you're looking at they played Saturday and then three games this week. So that's four and seven. So if you're going to bet TCU, this is the game to bet them in because by the end of this week, where they have TCU or the TCU's hosting Texas Tech on Saturday, that is probably not a good time to go with TCU at that point because they will be fatigued after playing three games pretty quickly. Also, that game of Texas probably a game you're looking at probably fading TCU. But tonight, we like the Horn Frogs. We're going to lay the four with TCU on that one. So we're, we're there with TCU. This is a lean real quick. I'll give you one lean. And this goes under the category of Tread carefully because the team that I kind of like here is horrible. We'll go to the Missouri Valley. On Saturday, uh, I was hosting uh, the Green Zone with James Salinas. Both James Salinas and I had Drake plus seven and a half at Loyola. Drake won the game outright. A very nice win for Drake. Now they return home to play a bottom feeder in the conference. They play Indiana State, who is tied for next to last with Illinois State. Getting 11. Now, Illinois, or Indiana State is not any good. They are a bad basketball team. But this is a pretty good flat spot coming off a as a 7.5-point underdog 
winning on the road at the team that is the best in the Missouri Valley in, in Loyola. So this feels like a good spot to go against Drake. Again, a bad you're going with a bad team, so you have to tread carefully here if you're betting Indiana State. But I just like the spot with, with, with ISU on the road against Drake getting 11. Could they get blasted? Yes, of course they could. Absolutely. That can happen with, bad, with a bad team on the road against a good team. But this feels like a good letdown spot where you can take advantage of Drake coming off their biggest win of the season, winning on the road at the uh, Gentilly Center in Chicago. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. It probably ends up in my pocket. That, has, that also hasn't moved overnight, which kind of is alarming to me because that does seem like a spot where you could go against Drake and it hasn't budged from 11. So um, I, I don't know if that's going to budge at all from 11 once this uh, game tips off there. Uh, that is an 8 o'clock Eastern tip there in Iowa for Drake and Indiana State. Other than that, this is a pretty pretty lame card, all things considered. There's really not much that I like. Not even for a lean. This is looking like a heavy in-game night for me tonight if we end up on action tomorrow. Tomorrow we got a lot of action in college basketball. These Tuesday slates are much better than the Monday slates. Really, Monday's the weakest day of the Monday and Friday are the two weakest days of the week in college hoops. Always have been. Unless if you just get a dynamite Big Ten, excuse me, Big 12, Big Monday game. Now that the ACC kind of stinks <laughs> for college hoops. Yeah, tomorrow a little bit better. Not as, not quite as good as I would have hoped, but a little bit better. Big one in the Mountain West tomorrow. San Diego State, Boise. There you go. Matt Neverett's amped for that one tomorrow night. But, uh, yeah, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at a... Uh, TCU an official play lane four and a lean on Indiana State getting 11, not an official play. Maybe that'll be an official play by the time primetime action tonight. Ben Wilson and myself on the desk for that at 7 o'clock Eastern. The Lombardi line is next. This has been a numbers game here on VEASAN. I'm Jeff Parles. Thanks for listening today. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.